This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Everyone's a critic on BFM 89.9. Hello, you're listening to Everyone's a Critic. I'm Sharmila Ganesan. And for this week's review, I'm joined by Adriana Nordin Manan, who is a writer, playwright, and translator. Adriana, good to have you on as always. Hi, Sharmila. Happy to be here also as always. So today we're reviewing um, an art exhibition, but I use that in a very loose sense because it's a sort of art slash historical meditation uh, exhibition that's currently going on at Ilham Gallery. It's by Ahmad Fouad Osman and it's called Skola Gamba Enrique de Malacca. Um, so Essentially, this is a project that Ahmad Fouad Osman has presented before in multiple forms in various places. Uh, most recently, I want to say at his own retrospective at Balai Sani Nagara. Uh, but this is the first time I'm catching a standalone version of it. Um, and I believe it's the first time for you as well, Adriana. Yep, it's my first time ever actually to see uh, the exhibition on Enrique. So just to sum up, it essentially tracks the both history as well as mythology and stories of a particular person called Enrique de Malacca. Um, that's, was, that's his given name, not even his birth name. Um, and he was um, a slave that was uh, part of Magellan's crew um, and was basically picked up by Magellan when he arrived in Malacca, did a 10-year journey uh, with him, and then at the end earned his freedom and some say return to Malacca, but essentially return to Nusantara. And so the whole exhibition uh, tracks various historical documents and images and maps and even items, artifacts, uh, as a way of reclaiming the story of exploration and navigation and what it means uh, to decolonialize in many ways, right? Um, well, that's a lot for me, but but I felt like mm-hmm. that there needed to be some context to this show. Yeah. What were your impressions, Adriana? Um, I personally, I enjoyed it very much, but I also wanted to keep in mind that I already have an abiding, a nurturing, fledgling interest in the topic. So it was really exciting for me to see like my own thoughts validated or just different perspectives. But I would say it's definitely one of those uh, where there's a lot of reading, there's a lot to take in, but what it has in its favor is that it has different mediums. So you don't need to feel like you're just reading text all the time. And so, yeah, it's it's an outing, I would say, something that you need to make time for. Yeah, I think if you think of it as only being an art exhibition in that you're going to be looking at visual things, you might be in for perhaps not quite the best time because it does require a fair amount of investment from the visitor. um, And it's essentially more equivalent, I think, to like perhaps a a historical museum visit or an archival visit almost rather than an art exhibition. So I think that actually um, I do want to discuss a little bit later, even that line between art and and not art. Right. Um, But I I completely agree. But I do think that if you give it that time, if you went with the right mindset, it's very rewarding. Um, It does a lot in terms of, I mean, firstly, even if you're just a history buff or you want to know more about our own, um, colonization history, particularly the Portuguese aspect. So much to learn here, so much to take in, so much that I didn't know. Um, If you're a nerd about things like navigation and map making and and geography, there's also so much to learn and and look at. But for me, the favorite aspect was actually this idea of um, reclaiming stories, reclaiming the idea of a hero, and then complicating even what we mean by hero. Uh, Because 
Enrique de Malaca has since gone on to be called by many other names, Awang Panglima, Dato Laut Dalam. Um, and, you know, there are all different mythologies that have materialized around him as well. And I think this exhibition um, very much takes that on. It doesn't give you easy answers and I don't think it's even interested in it. Um, but I think that's actually the beauty of it for me. You know, that's exactly what I was thinking when I, as I was reflecting when I came back from it, that I think this is one of those uh, undertakings that uh, it had to be uh, like a presented as an art exhibition, I think, because there was a lot of, it was very speculative, right? And then there was, there's so much ambiguity, as you said, they really, uh, they really didn't seem interested in being like, this is who Enrique was, this is who, who you know, who we want you to believe he was. Um, and so there were lots of contradictions. I mean, the simplest thing was like to his religion, even, you know, and these are things that, yeah, people do talk about. Uh, so I thought it, that was a beauty where I went back from it thinking this was a research project. This was a definitely like a research undertaking, but because there's no verifiability, right? Like it's not verifiable what they were saying. So it just like basked in that beauty of that ambiguity that I think the arts is especially well positioned to take on. Oh, that's a great point. Um, to to not to oversimplify it, but I would equate the experience to perhaps um going down an internet rabbit hole almost, where if you find one character or one figure from history, and not only do you read um, the equivalent of their bio or their Wikipedia page, but then you follow these multiple theories and links and videos and images. And um, But doing that in real time and live, um, there's something quite special about it, I thought. Um, just to say, the exhibition is broken up into four sections, um, and those sections are kachukan or creole, patta or picture. Um, actually, Pata would be maps, but they call it picture. Um, Mare Liberum or high seas and Karaman or afterlife. And it's roughly a nice frame. Um, I do like the sort of different tone that each area has, um, the sort of seafaring adventurous spirit with um, all of the different kinds of maps were really one of my personal favorites. I loved how um, the exhibition takes a lot of pains to point out that maps always were and are political, um, how people draw them depending on what kind of power they want to depict. Um, I, I loved the visual elements of it. I, I did think, though, that the, the the real meat of it was actually if you gave time and you read the text that accompanies everything. No, definitely. I even, uh, I even marked down what my favourite piece was. I was like, which one really, like... I mean, because uh, I I like maps, but maps overwhelm me very quickly, I find. I'm sort of a like, okay, okay, need to step away. Uh, but yeah, the visual element, for example, my favourite was exhibit number 66, which is a painting of Patagonian giants that turned out oh, to yes. be indigenous people, right, in South America. And what that taught me was like, see how like the the colonizers gaze right the sort of things they say like oh wow these were giant the locals were giants 10 feet tall and everything uh but which was just found then to be exaggerated so yeah i really liked yeah the visual elements especially and of course i like the spears i'm just the weapons and a, a few of the costumes and the outfits they were all nice that that's what i think as i said earlier i really appreciated that it was varied you know so it felt like a very textured exhibition hmm. If I were to think about what my favorite visual aspects were, um, there were multiple things. Clearly, I'm a map nerd, so I loved um, looking at the, you know, oh, look for the the, the depiction of uh, the Great Khan of China in this one, or look at the ways the different winds are depicted as people in each uh, each map. Those are those were great fun. Um, but visually, I must say, I actually really loved the portraits that Ahmad Fouad Osman himself had done mm -hmm. of people like um, Magellan or King George because they are done 
done in the classic Western portraiture style, but there's something so wink-wink um, clever about a Nusantara Malay, Malaysian artist taking on that style and depicting them. The, pa- the paintings aren't overtly critical, but there's just a kind of power taking in that act, which, which I liked a lot, uh, because you come across them and initially you're like, oh, they've put up some old portraits of these kings. And then you're like, oh, wait, no, these are by Ahmad Fawad Osman. Mm-hmm. And that's quite clever. And I, I love that aspect of it. Um, did one particular section of the four stand out to you in any particular way? I would have to say it was uh, Mare Liberum, the high seas, if that's the one, uh, or the one with the videos the, at the end of all the short videos. That's the one I liked the most. I think, uh, yeah, the initial, I think because the the first Creole was, I was I was quite familiar. I was like, okay, this one, I think I kind of know from doing just a bit of reading. But yeah, I really liked the different presentations of in Mare Liberum, especially like the videos uh, of the different opinions that kept me quite entertained. Actually, I sat there for quite a while. There are actually um, three distinct video elements, I want to say, if I haven't left out any. Um, one is a sort of dramatized uh, rendition of Enrique himself, which, which I enjoyed very much. It's sort of meditative and it's a short film, shot very well. And that was just nice to kind of sit and watch. Um, then there are two more documentary style videos. And one is the one you mentioned, just short interviews with various academicians, historians, experts, all talking about different aspects of both Enrique de Malacca as well as the Portuguese um, invasion as well. Uh, and then there's another one, which I actually thought was really interesting and and for me um, the aspect of the exhibition that both felt the most nebulous in a way uh, because it essentially tracks the descendants of uh, Datuk Laut Dalam in Negeri Sembilan, in Rembau, and, and he's thought to actually be Enrique de Melaka. Uh, but it's not really confirmed by historical evidence. Uh, and yet, uh, Ahmad Fawad Osman essentially speaks to one of the descendants, the 15th generation descendants, and he actually has a lot of these weapons, and, mm-hmm. and so they, they think that that can be used to prove that he was indeed Enrique. Um, there's something quite like it's not a very fancy video, um, but there's something sort of, I think it captures all of those things we've talked about, right? That it's a little hypothetical. It's a little, um, is this even real? Are we grasping at straws? But on the other hand, there's something quite fascinating and 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 beguiling about that idea. Uh, we'll continue our conversation after this, but we are reviewing Skola Gamba, Enrique de Malacca, which is an exhibition that's currently happening at Ilham Gallery. Uh, let us know, do you enjoy art exhibitions that take on history? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Beyond Frivolous Matters, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic with Sharmila. And today I'm joined by writer, translator and playwright Adriana Nordin-Manan. And together we're reviewing Skola Gamba, Enrique de Malacca. It's by Ahmad Fouad Osman. It's currently happening at Ilham Gallery until the 15th of May. Um, I wanted to actually pick up on this side of things by drawing on a small thing, um, but something that kind of charmed me a little bit, uh, the name, Skola Gamba, uh, which is uh, an addition to this particular iteration of the exhibition, right? And according to the curators, it's meant to, it's actually an old word for museum, uh, you know, school of pictures. I didn't realize that. And I thought that was actually a really nice way to frame this show. 
I agree. I think, um, but then also like connecting that to the fact that it was such a, because there's a lot there, right? And you can take so many things from the exhibition. I think putting it as that, like leaving it very open-ended, like leaves you for such, so many surprises to discover once you do get there. So instead of doing a disservice by maybe understating, you know, uh, like how much or the richness of the exhibition, just keeping it simple was was a really nice and, and nice, yeah, nice decision, I'd say. So to get to that question of, is this art? Um, and I know we touched on it just now a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, let's start with that. Is, is this art? Uh, because I invited a friend to go along with me uh, and she enjoyed it very much. But, but she did say, oh, I didn't expect this when you said, do you want to come to an art exhibition? Um, and I was wondering, um, you know, where the lines are for you in terms of a research exhibit versus an art exhibit? That's a good question, Charmila. And I am going to be maybe maybe cop out a little bit and retreat to my little cubbyhole of thinking as a researcher. So maybe uh, if we think that usually when we think of art exhibitions, we're looking at maybe primary data, right? Like so like actual paintings and installations by an artist. Maybe this was more like a secondary data uh, kind of kind of exhibition where yeah, most of the things were not by Ahmad Fuad Othman, for example. Although I did want to say that if you liked his paintings of the kings, I loved his paintings of the, the plants because that really yes, made the botanical me, right? illustrations. Yeah, I yes. like that a lot. I thought, yeah, I thought that was really clever. So, yeah, so I'm going to say, yes, it is an art exhibition, but it isn't like one where the, the named artist that most of it came from him in terms of the works. But the thinking and the story and the narrative and the ideas, I'm sure, came from him as well as his collaborators. So I say it counts just like a different kind yeah, of art exhibition. So what you said um, feeds, I think, into the point I was going to make, which I think what makes it an art exhibition for me is actually very simple. It comes from the mind of an artist, right? And it's presented as such. It's not necessarily following a linear timeline. It's not necessarily following research structures. It's not presenting evidence. Instead, it's it's more interested in, in examining stories and not even solid stories, right? Um, and I quite like that. And, and to go back to your the illustrations that you're talking about, mm -hmm. um, that answers my own question of um, what my favorite aspect of it was. Because besides the map, I loved how this exhibition explores the spice trade. Mm. Um, and there's so many very visual examples of how important the spice trade was to this entire region and how so much of our colonial history uh, rests on that, that that was in fact the beginnings of why um, the West came to this region. Uh, and all of these trade paths that were forged, all of these seafaring that was done, um, I really thought the exhibition did such a good job. Um, and in fact, I was talking to my friend about, oh, if only history was taught this way, I would have completely understood why it was important to understand Goa and Cochin and, and Malacca instead of, you know, falling asleep in class. No, exactly. Like, I think one, one beauty of this exhibition was it gave you so much info, but it didn't feel like an info dump, you know, like just all these just and, and I think um, I, I guess that's what I take one of the things I take away from it, because they did say that the usual stories and written written sources are often uh, very like Western centric, right? They talk about, you know, written by history, story written by the victors and all. So I guess it was nice here that there were just like, bits and bobs, you know, you could see like costumes, outfits, uh, gun, like little yeah, spears uh, and just drawings and how they're just like a different, it was information, it was history, uh, very rich, but just presented in a different way. And that's 
why I really enjoyed it. And I think also kind of partly answers the earlier question that, yeah, that's why it deserved and it is an art exhibition. Like it had to be an art exhibition, I think. It couldn't be anything else. And on mind. that note of it being a sort of great way or entry point into history, um, they've done a really good job with uh, putting up little discussion points at each uh, each juncture uh, mm-hmm. with questions for students to address. <laughs> and, and I thought that was a really nice touch because, again, as, as we said, this is quite a lot to take in at once. And I think giving those, those pauses for people to, I mean, I was reading the questions and kind of reflecting them to myself as well. Like, what does it mean um, for something to not be Indigenous and then to be moved to it for a plant to then become such a big part of some other country's economy and you know all of those things and I think those are really um, great ways in which this exhibition can uh, be reinvented be um, I think relevant to different people beyond just history buffs in some ways or or you know people who are into art for instance how would you like to see this develop is there anything else you'd like to see from this um completely and shamelessly exposing my lineage as a theatre maker. Maybe it's a theatrical piece. I don't know, maybe a little monologue or something. Uh, uh, That was just like a a suggestion, an addition. Other than that, how could it be developed? Gosh, maybe maybe confronting uh, the the text uh, or the the writings in from the colonizers themselves. Because I know for a fact that there are quite a lot of Spanish language uh, text and material written about their their journey to the Spice Islands. And like, for example, like a little nugget I read somewhere that uh, one of the, the first person uh, Vasco de Gama, when he went, like he was one who got the biggest haul that made everyone jealous. So he <laughs> and uh, the profit that he made was six hundred times his crews made, like the, just from the sales of the spice. So like that's like how important it was. But you know these things, like this was buried in a book somewhere. And imagine if we could just like I don't know have a bit more like theatrical dramatic presentation. I think that would be nice. Um, yeah. Oh, I went. I went like five steps beyond you. Like I kept thinking, I would love to see like a mini series or a movie mm-hmm. adapted from these stories, right? But but of course, without that sort of overarching government sanctioned narrative, which which is something this exhibition actually quite strongly questions and contends with, um, notions of Malayness and notions of nationalism, and even how um, Enrique slash uh, Awang Panglima. Panglima Awang, um, uh, Enrique slash Panglima Awang has been co-opted into some of those narratives. Um, so not from that perspective, but if you know, if there was funding and if there was enough creative talent, this would make such a great story. Um, this idea of a person making this circumnavigation of the world and coming back to his supposed birthplace, uh, all of the different um, things he did along the way, including assisting Magellan on communicating with kings, and he was a slave. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a great story. Oh, definitely. Oh, I didn't know I could, uh, th- th- there were no limits to, to the answer that I, <laughs> I could know, give. Right? <laughs> well, then, I have a list of uh, actors we can uh, audition. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that would be great. No, actually, a mini series, And also, but I hope, yeah, uh, just to piggyback on what you said about not necessarily uh, upholding certain narratives, I hope the whatever comes out of it will also retain that ambiguity. Uh, of the story and and yeah uh who was he does it because i know at the end and this is something that 
Uh, I know the the curators said that you don't have to go in order, like section one, two, three, four. But I would recommend actually going in order because only in the fourth section, fourth section, does it there, there's a part where it lands on the question of do we really need another hero and questions of decolonizing. So I thought that was just nice to have that at the end. Um, so yeah, if 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 the piece if if we can retain that idea of like. Uh, yeah, speculation, uh, celebrating that ambiguity, and also I think celebrating how actually more interconnected the different parts of the world were than you know than the current than day to day life now uh, lets on. I think that would be really important. Adriana, thanks for suggesting that we review this. Um, I'm really glad we did. Now, thank you, of course, for always being game. We've been reviewing Skola Gamba, Enrique de Malacca. It is currently going on at Ilham Gallery. It's by Ahmad Fawad Osman and it's on until the 15th of May. Let us know, are you a fan of um, art meeting history exhibitions that circle those points? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. You've been listening to Everyone's a Critic, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.